This is Rabbi Sharon Brous, Rabbi Adi Kar, where we're dedicated to reinvigorating Jewish community, ritual, and learning, all while laying the foundation for a just and loving society. You're listening to Ikar's podcast, where you can hear our sermons from Shabbat and holidays, our teachings, our guest speakers, basically anything we think worth hearing that we can capture and stream, you can listen to right here. The whole Megillah. I mean, literally the whole Megillah. So thank you so much for being with us. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. In the corner of my grandma Sophie's condo, on the glass, that shelf where she filled with all the breakables that I wasn't allowed to touch, um, there was a Russian doll. You know, one of those wooden nesting toys with a persona painted on the outside. There was always something strange about those dolls. And you're looking at the toy on the shelf, it's never quite clear how, how many more dolls are on the inside, how many twists is it going to take to arrive to that smallest one? You know, the, the one that isn't hollow? And the only way to find out was to start cracking them open. I think there's a nesting doll stacked within and throughout the pages of Exodus that begins in the first chapters of this book and appears again and again in slightly different forms until the closing verses of Exodus. So what I'd like to do this morning is take apart the dolls and line them up and look at them and understand who they are and aren't and what they can teach us as we twist from one doll to the next. All right, here's the theory. We have nested dolls made out of the Hebrew word kaf bet dalit, whose meaning varies over the course of this story. Most people associate this Hebrew word with the this Hebrew root with the word kavod, meaning something like honor. But it can also be rendered as kaved, meaning heavy or weighed down. Right off the bat, there's something intuitive about that connection. We talk about honor as something we carry, something serious with weight, literally gravitas. Right? But beyond the intuitive connection, I think that there's a story within the story, living in the illusions and evolutions of this word. This Hebrew word, root, in its different forms, it's everywhere. Everett Fox, the Bible translator, describes Kaf Bet Dalid as, quote, the leading word throughout the book of Exodus, the root that gives this grand story a sense of unity and direction. So let's start at the beginning. Our first encounter with this word is at the burning bush. Moshe is on his third attempt at rebuffing God's call to lead the Israelites out of slavery. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and free the Israelites? What if they don't believe me or listen to me? And finally, lo ish devarim anochi. I'm not a man of words. Ki chivad pe u chivad lashon anochi for I am heavy of mouth and heavy of tongue. What is Moshe really saying? So many commentators read this as evidence that he had a stutter or some sort of physical impairment, or perhaps he lacked the gift of eloquence, which he perceived as a necessary qualification for the job at hand. But there's one midrash from the Mechilta of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai that hones in on Moshe's sense 
of heaviness, in Hebrew of kvedut. Master of the world, you ask me to free 600,000 people for under the burden of Egypt, but even 100 would be too hard. Furthermore, these people have been enslaved for 210 years and no one has come to object. Maybe if they had been enslaved for only one or two years, it would be possible, but the weight of silence has accumulated. How could anyone break it now? Ribono shel olam, listen to the language, kvedim umechubadim devarim haladu. Master of the world, heavy and grave are these things that you ask of me, for heavy of mouth and heavy of tongue am I. Commenting on this Midrash, the great scholar Aviva Zornberg teaches that heaviness is the experience of being overwhelmed by that which dwarfs individual dimensions. Moshe is too overwhelmed to act, but even more so, he's too crushed by the enormity of the task to imagine its actualization. Heaviness hangs on his tongue because he cannot picture a world in which, he cannot picture a world any different than the one that exists right now. The one in which Israelite slavery is cemented into the fabric of reality, unchangeable, a natural law of existence. This is Sefer Shmot's opening move on the theme of Kaf Bet Dalit. To be Kaved is to be trapped and paralyzed by the belief that the world cannot be any different than it is now. Now Moshe will learn to transcend this mindset, but Pharaoh cannot escape it. Five times over the course of the plagues, the Torah reports that Pharaoh hardened his heart. Listen to the language. Vayachbed paro et libo. Again, kaved. Pharaoh's heart is dense. It's hard and heavy, completely subsumed by the way it must be. Kaved expresses, Zornberg explains, the density, the cumulative weight of the past, of the system. And when for a brief moment Pharaoh feels the impact of the plague, when he senses that the God of Israel will not tolerate his oppressive system, vayachbed libo, he doubles down on his corrupted vision of the world as his heart contorts to say and believe and believe and say it can be no other way. Now it's chilling to identify in Moshe and Pharaoh, the liberator and the tyrant, the same pathology. But are we surprised? Do we not all recognize the seduction of this mode of thinking, holding too much to put anything down, too overwhelmed to make a change, too scared of letting go of what is, even if it's broken, too locked in to the present reality to imagine something different, to be weighed down by the entrenched dynamics of our lives or of our society is a normal feature of human existence but there have to be moments and mechanisms that stretch us into a new way of being. And so I wanna highlight a few moments from this week's Parsha. 
that offer a glimpse into this new way of thinking, a new way of carrying the weight that helps us shift our orientation, as Rabbi Braus often teaches, from the world as is to the world as it ought to be. The Parsha opens, as we heard, with the reunion of Moshe and his father-in-law Yitro in the wilderness. They embrace, Moshe recounts the story of the Exodus, and Yitro rejoices in the miraculous rescue of this enslaved people. And then the next day, Moshe is back to work settling disputes and adjudicating cases from morning until night, and Yitro is astonished. What are you doing? You're going to wear yourself out. You're going to wear the people out. Why? Ki chaved mimcha hadavar. The task is too heavy for you. You can't do it alone. The weight is too great for your strength, comments Rashi. And so again, Moshe fails to imagine an alternative to how things currently are, the system as is. And in his short-sightedness, he risks bringing himself and the community down. But Yitro jolts him, a linguistic alarm that reminds Moshe of the dangers of being kaved. So what do you need to do when kvedut, when clouded vision or paralysis or the weariness of carrying too much threatened to take over? Yitro's insight is one we know, but we're often so hesitant to embrace. When the burden is too heavy, Surround yourself with people who are willing to carry it with you. Appoint a team of judges, Yitro advised. Anshe Chayel, capable companions. Anshe Emet, those who see the truth even when you can't. The world as it ought to be relies on shared burden. Our Parsha reminds us that in our yearned for world, it's not only trusted companions who reposition our kvedut, God carries us as well. At the base of Mount Sinai, God addresses the Israelites, reminding them of their escape from Egypt. Listen to the language God uses in what's referred to as the only metaphor in the Exodus narrative outside the Song of the Sea. You have seen how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to me. Vesatchem al kanfei nisharim. Think about that image. Of course, the enormous power of the eagle carrying its young in flight is impressive, but it's the experience of those people on those wings that's so crucial to what's happening here. It's an experience of their own lightness, a weightlessness only felt when carried by a powerful force. It's God's way of saying, I want you to see what's possible for a moment let me carry your burden so you can stretch your imagination and dream about what could be. And this is who God yearns to be for us. And the language the Torah employs to describe a God who is present, both in the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, at the peak of Mount Sinai and at the close of Exodus, filling the tabernacle and accompanying the wandering people, we call that Kivod Hashem, Kivod Hashem, the discernible presence of God. What was kaved, heavy and limiting, 
can be transformed by its encounter with kavod, a presence that shoulders, uplifts, opens possibilities. The illusion of the Russian doll is that what you're looking at at any given point seems to be the entirety of the toy. All there is, it appears, is what you see on the outside, a static figure projected on wood. Only when you come close enough to notice the crack, close enough to twist the figure and break it open, do you realize that there's a whole new person inside. Pharaoh, with his hardened heart, was impenetrable, fundamentally unable to acknowledge that there could be a reality different from the one he projected and sustained. And Moshe almost fell into this self-deception as well, initially paralyzed by the heaviness of God's calling. He couldn't imagine a world differently defined than the one he saw before his eyes. And I have to say, I can't help but wonder if what ultimately cracked Moshe open at the bush was something unconscious, not what God said, but the fact that Moshe is the child of Yochevet. Yochevet. There it is again. Kaf, Bet, Dalid. Her name meaning God's glorious presence. Moshe was incubated in these waters, was sustained by this environment that permeated into his very being, the intuition to keep imagining. And yet life hardens us and calcifies realities, again insisting that what is is what's meant to be no matter the cost. But the Torah whispers, no, that can't be. There are people like Yitro who will twist the dial and show you that there's a reality you haven't yet considered, one where there are good people who will help you hold whatever heaviness or hollowness you are carrying. And then there's God whose kavod, whose presence can loosen the friction jamming that last twist, urging you to crack it open again, to keep looking and working for the world as it ought to be. And maybe, my friends, that's the story of the Exodus, told through the layered dolls of kaved and kavod. Life can feel unbearably heavy, but you are never alone and will help each other believe that with another twist, a better world is possible. Shabbat Shalom. Hi, it's Rabbi Brass again. Thank you so much for listening. Want more content like this? I hope you'll subscribe. And please consider making a contribution to Ikar so we can continue to work toward the fulfillment of our mission to reanimate Jewish life, to embody moral courage, to nurture the spirit, and to work to decipher what it means to be a human being in the world today. Visit our website at ikar.org. That's I-K-A-R.org. And I hope to see you maybe even in person sometime soon.